Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships evolve with people as they grow and change? Welcome to the Curious Fox Podcast. For those challenging the status quo in love, sex, and relationships. My name is Effie Blue. I'm Jacqueline Misla, and today we're speaking with Mistress Lucy Sweetkill about daddy. Mistress Lucy is a professional and lifestyle dominatrix, BDSM educator, kink life coach, and purveyor of mindful domination. After spending years sharpening her skills and training other dominas in commercial dungeon in New York City, she decided to go off on her own. Her independence allowed her to expand her BDSM interests and connect with more like-minded individuals. She offers 101 and 102 type sessions for novices and couples to masterminding large group scenes with a goal of guiding individuals through their BDSM and erotic journey. She's an entrepreneur at heart with a business degree to back it up. Lucy co-founded La Maison de Rouge, a company focused on holistic approach to BDSM experience. And over the last few years, LMDR has been focused on expanding the BDSM experience by discussing, educating, and informing their audiences about the intersects of kink, wellness, sexuality, spirituality, and social activism. And today, we have the great pleasure of tapping into that wealth of experience to talk about a topic that you personally have been waiting years to discuss. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I don't know how long we had daddy on our list of topics to explore, but it has been Uh that forever. Yes. Every time we make our list of, okay, what are we curious about? Who can, you know, who do we want to talk to? Daddy. You're like, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know about daddy. Totally. I think it was on our list for the last consider this. It's like, it's like, oh, it's always that. It's always that. And finally, finally, we found somebody. (laughs) We're indulging. Indulging. Yeah. Um, And she was amazing. You know? Yeah. I mean, It's interesting to me for a few reasons. First of all, it used to be so much more of a subversive space, like the term daddy and sort of the play that is around daddy, that that power exchange with particularly with that daddy energy used to be really, really subversive. Like it kind of like Mm -hmm. people kind of whispered around it and it was like it made... They made that, ooh, you know, people were like, oh, daddy. Like, even the kinky people, <laughs> like, who were like, kink, you know, kinky people would be like, oh, daddy, like, that's a whole, that's a whole other thing. Uh-huh. And then in the last, in the last few years, it's become like noticeably mainstream. Right. They're like daddy hats, daddy t shirts. <laughs> totally. And people like drop it yeah. in conversation, you know, uh-huh. like celebrities joke about it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's become so mainstream. And then, and, and I'm like, I've been curious about this for years. And, and suddenly it's mainstream. Like, why? I want to know why. And for me, it, it's interesting because I am not particularly like, it doesn't do it for me. Right. 
Mm-hmm. We're going to explore this a little bit, Mistress Lucy. It, it just doesn't do it for me. I've tried it. Um, I've had partners who are like, call me daddy. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've said it. I've played in those scenes. It just never does it for me. Uh, but of course, you know, your kink <laughs> is not my kink, but your kink is okay. I'm just picturing you being like, daddy? Like, it's just not happening. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's like where like I am. Not like, having huh? the oomph that they were asking for when he... <laughs> you know it's not that i'm like i'm not icked by it automatically i've of course Mm -hmm. like anything else i'm like i'll try it at least twice um Mm -hmm. so so i went there and it it just doesn't do for me i have some theories to why yeah yeah tell me yeah i mean i have i have a very close relationship with my dad and it's it's not a typical parental relationship like as far as i can remember it felt more peer-like you know we always discuss Mm -hmm. things like everything was open for discussion I call him by his name as much as I call him dad. Mm. We've, you know, worked together at times and we've explored things like we will go into a topic and we'll like explore something. So it has a much more of a peer energy than like a parental energy. So I think Mm -hmm. when daddy comes up in that sexy space and the erotic space and playtime, I think it's just like too close. It's just like too close. You know, Mm. it's just too close to the bone. It's like the person that I would play with in that space is is a peer and then like mm-hmm. my my actual relationship with my dad is like kind of that peer energy and they're just like too close for comfort and then mm-hmm. like I get all confused and then my <laughs> it's like in my brain I'm trying to sort things out and I've got like thoughts coming up and I have feelings coming out I have memories coming up and it's just like all confusing <laughs> then I'm in my head trying to organize everything and put things in one corner like I'll deal with this later and then I'm like why is this coming up and then once I'm in that space that's not fun or sexy at all I'm like disconnected right. like I'm not in the erotic place I'm disconnected from the playtime and the person so mm-hmm. you know by the time i'm i'm done processing this thing you know people are like erections have gone and <laughs> you, know. you just been sitting there in silence for three minutes and they're all looking at you wondering what's happening exactly yeah. exactly so i'm like okay let me not ruin playtime for everyone so i think like, oh, of that i am part of that particular king uh, but i'm yeah. fascinated by it you know because so many people are into it and you're one of those people. Yes, I am. I am. I am into it. Yeah. Well, let me say, I'm not into it broadly. So I do use daddy with my partner. And interestingly, you know, certainly I think this is one of the, the first things that people wonder. I have no daddy issues. Mm-hmm. So I, my father had kind of a regular dad, if you will. Mm-hmm. I had someone who was emotionally available and loving and, and what one would hope and assume. I mean, certainly mm-hmm. there's, there's stuff. We can have a whole episode about stuff with my parents, but nothing out of the ordinary that would have, that makes me feel like I have any daddy issues. And, and I, well, maybe, and I've never called him daddy. So maybe that's the mm. distinction, but mm. I, there's just, there wasn't anything there for me. And I don't know why I never, I, it never bothered me as a term. Now, let me also say culturally, I'm Puerto Rican. Um, within my culture, people will call each other, you know, mama or papa or mommy or papi. And that doesn't mean mom or dad. Mm. And so maybe also within that, I just got comfortable with disassociating mm. those things because like I've used, yeah, because I've used papi, I've used daddy with my partner and neither of those things at any moment have ever triggered. Like at no moment have I ever said that and was like, oh no, my father, that is just not, that's not it mm-hmm. for me. 
I think for me, and I was thinking about this because you and I've talked about this for years, like what is it about that word that just feels like the word? Like, you know, when you're having a conversation or something happens, I don't curse a lot. So people, I don't know if folks know this about me, but I very rarely curse. I curse when I am either really mad turned on or if it's going to make the joke funnier. Like those are really the three situations in which I'm going to say a curse word. But there are times where like shit is the word you have to say. Like there's no (laughs) other word that can capture Mm -hmm. it as much as like fuck, right? Mm -hmm. And so similarly, I think like there isn't another word that when I want to say like daddy, like there's just not another word that Mm -hmm. like captures what I'm trying to say. And Lucy references a quote by Sunny Megatron that says, relationship with a daddy is more like being able to get to let go of one's responsibilities and let a warm, dominant figure take the reins. The daddy is responsible for taking care and of punishing when it's necessary. And that, when I read that, I was like, yes, that is exactly what it is. I mean, it is big dick energy. Well, in my case, it's big strap-on energy. Mm-hmm. It is about me letting go and and receiving instructions. Mm-hmm. It's about restraint. It's about my partner denying me of something like the permission to orgasm. Like it is it is all of the things of I am I no longer I am giving away my power and I trust the journey that we are going to go on together mm-hmm. as a result. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, you know my partner and we're actually going to be doing an episode with her soon. She is light and joyful and laughs a lot. And like her energy is just like uh, youthful and loving and light. But there is this, like she, when she switches on, I like, I'm getting tingly even now. Just ha- just like <laughs> I, in my mind, I could just, <sighs> she just... She's like one person in the world and like loves dogs and just again has just like the biggest laugh and is sweet and warm and loving. And then she just can like switch to this energy that just... Yeah. I I, kind yeah. Of, I I I know what you're talking about. I know her. I've spent time with her. I've spent time with, the, with you too. I, and I completely agree with you. I think from the outside, like a person who just knows her, like is, is mm-hmm. sees like the lightness. I've definitely seen in her eye... I see, I see what's happening behind that. Um, and then, of course, I, I hear it from you too. I'm like, yes, yes, I see it. I see it. Um, so it's and it makes sense. That's why I see it. Does I have to say this? It does make sense that, like, you and her and daddy kind of makes sense to me. Like, it doesn't confuse me as it could, like. I think overall, I find it just confusing because of the experience that I've just said. Like, I just get confused. But when I think of you and Alexis and daddy and, and all that dynamics, I'm like, it's a no brainer. That totally makes sense. Like, why am I so surprised? You know? <laughs> Clearly, she's her daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I, I just think that definitely happens for sure. Um, that's so funny. So now that you know more about Effie and I than you thought that you would, <laughs> let's learn. Let's take some time to learn about Mistress Lucy and about Daddy. And we hope that you enjoy the interview. So, hi, Lucy. Hello. So, this conversation has been in the docket for a long, long time. 
years in the making. And one of our biggest thing was to find the right person to help us navigate the space. So, um, and then we got connected to you and um, you did an excellent presentation on this. So I was like, yes, like this person needs to come on the show and help us navigate this space of daddy. Uh, I know that this has been, you know, out, uh, these days been out on the mainstream now. But I know that people who are hearing it for the first time or don't know enough about it are curious. So like, where does it come from? Where does, you know, how does daddy play out in kink? Uh, yeah, let's start from there. It's interesting having someone who identifies as a woman speaking about the daddy role because, you know, the origins of daddy and that idea of like the father figure that is outside of a family dynamic really comes from like, for the most part, mainstream gay and leather culture. Actually, you know, the word daddy first, what they can, you know, from what they can find out was like, if it really first appeared in um, jazz and blues music, which was very interesting. And, and it was something within African American culture of a woman who would call her lover. And it really didn't matter the age, you know, because usually the daddy, that daddy figure or that you know, the daddy name has to do usually with age specifically, but this was more about a woman who would consider her lover that when it appeared in jazz and blues music. But there are also some other other terms, you know, prostitutes who would refer to their pimps as daddy, but then really the popularization in gay culture, which is the leather daddy, but it really has to do with usually an older individual in relation to a younger individual within gay male culture. And usually that person, yes, there's a sexual component, but also sometimes it's more of a mentor and coaching mentor, coach, guide. And sometimes it didn't have to be sexual. It, it could be someone who kind of helped a, a younger gay male, you know, navigate the world of, you know, navigate coming out and navigate his new life of understanding gay, the gay lifestyle as well. Yeah, I'm interested because I know that you've talked about part of the the fun of daddy now is that it is it does play with gender roles. It does make people confront their identities. And so you name that, you know, being a cis woman using that word and what it has meant for you. Can you talk a little bit about that, about how it went from being a part of the gay culture to something now that folks of any gender identity are really utilizing in their play? Yeah. So I think what it has transformed to, right, is it's a, it's just a symbol or a representation. And we're now speaking, especially for those who are not actually like cis men, right? Or who are not actually father figures. (laughs) It now just represents this, you know, I think Yes, there can be an age component, but it represents what that archetype is. Someone who can be what the father figure archetype is, which is someone who can kind of like take control, guide you, likes being in power, who likes to be more of that dominant figure, who feels really secure in themselves. So I think now it's more representing those things compared to, 
your actual gender identity anymore. And I really loved, so I, the quote from, so Sunny Megatron is, you know, an educator within the King community as well. And she has this quote because she wrote this like really great article about it, but she's like, a relationship with a daddy is more about being able to let go of one's responsibilities and let a warm dominant figure take the reins. The daddy is responsible for taking care of and punishing when it's necessary. And I really loved what she had to say about this because that's really what it represents, right? And for me in BDSM, so I use the term daddy or the term daddy is referred to me and I embrace it because it has, it represents my power dynamics with my subs and most of my subs, not all, but most of them are cis men. And I do have some cis female subs as well who call me daddy. And that's what I represent is someone who is, takes control, but also will punish them when necessary. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. I'm curious how it differs from any other sort of dom space, right? It's very specific, right? That there's sort of, there's master, there's like other dom labels and there's like doming energy and power play, you know, shows up in, in many, many different ways. I'm curious to what the the distinction is that makes daddy daddy versus a master or any, or sir or any other kind of terminology that's used in, used in kink for power play. I think, you can have many titles and it very, it differs per person and it differs per relationship and it differs per moment. Like that's kind of the beauty of it. Some days with my subs who call me daddy, some days I'm not daddy. Some days I'm just mistress. And some days You know, like I don't connect with the term mommy at all because even though I am mama bear to other doms, you know, like most, you know, Mm -hmm. most of my peers will sometimes call me mama bear because I tend to have that like momness with them, but I do not like it with any of my subs, like at all. That's not the, that's not the mommy dominant energy I enjoy. And there are other doms who love the Mm. term mommy because it has, and again, we're talking about archetypes, not like your own family affairs, right? Because for me, I didn't really grow up with a father, but we all kind of have an idea of what fathers are supposed to be in our life, right? At least what they're supposed to represent in a lot of like most, most cultures. And so for me, I think playing with the term daddy is like tapping into those ideas for folks, what, you know, daddy can be. But I think like the difference between those multiple terms is like, again, it, you don't have to stick to just one. Like I'm some, some of my subs, like daddy just doesn't connect with them. Like it, it's weird for them to like, they know that some people call me daddy and they're just like, cool, but that's not for me. And it's not for them either. Like I do have subs who will sometimes call me daddy and I'm like, "Mm, this is not our dynamic. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it's gotta be consensual on both sides too. Like there has for me as a dominant, when I use the term daddy, 
with a certain sub or have them call me daddy, there is a certain energy that's being exchanged and it can be very seen base, meaning just within play. It can be just in that moment of our play, but not ongoing. And then there's folks, it's ongoing. It is an ongoing thing that they call me even outside of play. That also has to be predetermined and it is really determined on this very unique level. So you're not stuck to it. You're not, if you want to play with the term daddy in your personal life, try it out with different people, try it out at different moments and see where it fits. Cause sometimes it doesn't fit. Sometimes it just doesn't feel right, but sometimes it fits for a scene or a certain moment or a certain person. And that's okay. I interviewed two people who, um, two doms who use the term daddy, but I also interviewed two dominant who doesn't use the term daddy and why, and also a sub who loves the term daddy and a sub who doesn't like the term daddy. And both of those subs were in relation to me. So, you know, these are subs who do serve me and their view of me are totally different. (laughs) and my relationship are totally different with them. And so I asked them specifically, why do you choose, or why do you like the term daddy towards me? And then they spoke about it and what that represent represented it. Uh, And it was very much in line with what uh, Sunny Megatron said, you know, like, you know, you keep me safe and you guide me and, you know, you're, you're strong willed and, you will punish me if necessary. But the sub who doesn't use that term towards me, who is my sub as well, he's just like, it's very personal for him. It purely has nothing to do with me. It's more about him. And he's just like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't like that term because like I have a dad and it's like weird because I'm, my relationship with him is really close. So to call somebody else daddy would feel weird and had nothing to do with me. It purely only had to do with him. So that's, you know, reasons why too. That resonates with me, right? When the, I mean, the reason that I give why, even though I'm fascinated by daddy and daddy energy and daddy in play and, and all these things, and this is why this has been a long time coming, um, that's the reason that I struggle with it. I have a specific relationship with my dad that is, you know, we're very close and it's, it doesn't feel like a parental relationship. It's always felt more like a peer relationship and it just feels almost like too close, like the relationship is too close. The, the people that I would be interested in calling daddy, that relationship and my sort of close peer relationship with my dad are just too close and the wires cross. And once the wires cross, then I'm, I just can't find the erotic energy there. And it's just like, I just, it, I just, I just, you know, it's weird for me. You know, I, I, and I talk about like how it's just like gets me into a confusing space. And once I'm in that confusing space, I'm, it's, it's not sexy. You know, I'm just like in my, in my head. So it really, that piece resonates with me. Like why would somebody be like, oh, it doesn't work for me. And I'm just curious about like, how do people arrive there? Like, how do you stumble into knowing that daddy is going to work for you in a, in a sexy scene, you know? By trying. (laughs) Really, that's all it is. That's the great thing. Like BDSM, the reason why we use the term play 
when we talk about having a scene or interacting with somebody else, right? We use the term play a lot like, oh, so let's play because it's adult games. And if you remember being a kid, right? Like, how do you know how to play any of the games you would make up? You know, like a lot of times I would play these imaginary games with my friends and my cousins and my family. And they weren't board games. They weren't any of that. We would just use our imagination and we would be superheroes and supervillains and play house and play all this. Like we didn't really know any of those or what they did. It was playing. You try it out and you be a character you want to be and you see if it works. And this is the exact same thing. I didn't realize how much I would love the term daddy until really like later in my exploration in BDSM. And that was not because I chose it, because it was actually said to me in a session by a sub. And that sub, who I actually interviewed, Shine, I think just like blurted it out in the scene. Like I, I forget how it actually happened, but he's a rubber and whip fetishist. So he um, is a bit of a masochist and I love whips. And so we were having this really fun, but intense whipping scene. And I think like I gave like a really hard, you know, stroke and he was just like, Oh, daddy. And I was just like, I'm into that. (laughs) I was like, yeah, yeah, that's it. (laughs) And so it's not sometimes even predetermined, right? I think that's the beauty of BDSM play. I always tell people this, when you come in, if you want to explore kink and BDSM, first off, try to come without expectations, Because then it allows you to fully experience and see where it goes and what kind of connects. But it's okay if something doesn't, you know, you can, you know, evaluate at the end. And those terms, the verbal that comes out, you just never know where it's going to come out. And it might, you know, somebody might say something. And I think we all have experience, you know, of this in some sexual context. Someone says something, you're like, oh, that's kind of hot. I wasn't expecting that. Keep going with whatever thing you're continuing to say, right? I think that's that's the great part of it. Yeah. So I'm interested, if somebody wants to embody daddy energy in play, what would you recommend? Because what I hear you saying, it is connection as well as control, that it's it's domination, but with trust, that it is the balance of both the divine female and divine male energies in that it's the male energy, the divine male energy around the plan and the guidance and the control. But I hear you also saying that there is a caretaking role in there that's involved. So if someone wants to, to, to embody that energy, what, what could that look like? Well, first, yes, daddy is definitely on the dominant side. So, and that's my opinion. I don't know if I feel like most people would agree on that. Like most people who use the term daddy are definitely dominant. So if you identify as submissive, that might not be a term (laughs) you want to use for yourself. So it's definitely a dominant role to embody that. I would say like, first kind of ask yourself, like, what does that term mean for you? 
because I think some people use terms, even the term mistress or even the term master, even they hear these terms and they don't fully know what they mean, but they hear them because it's like now become so mainstream, right? But I think it is important to do a bit of self-reflecting and ask yourself, you know, words are powerful. So if you're going to use a title or use a word to represent yourself, because that's what you're doing, using the term daddy to represent yourself, ask yourself, what does that mean to you? What comes up for you emotionally? What are the thoughts that come up? So if you can sit there and like tap into like what it means to you to, you know, that first off that word, then you can start digging into like, well, how would that be represented? You know, how do, how would I connect to the term daddy? Because everyone sees daddy figures a little differently. And I think they definitely have a bit of caretaking, but they're, they are for me, the daddy term is very tough love. So when I use the term daddy, when I connect with it, when my subs use it, it's because of my willingness and ability to give extremely tough love. (laughs) And so that for me is how I embody it by understanding what daddy means to me. So with someone really wanting to embody that, I think they really need to look inside of themselves and ask themselves what that term means to them compared to trying to create it based on other people's ideas. Also, I've seen this happen and I think that's why some people don't connect with like Effie, like you were saying, right? Like that term daddy just feels weird to you, mm-hmm. right? So if you just sat there and said, you know, the term daddy, could I use it? Could I say it? What does it mean to me? Then you're going to come with, come up with the answers and understand that there's no way to embody this. There's no way because it doesn't connect with you. You have to feel connected to you. But for those who are really curious about it, then if they sit with it and they're like, oh, I kind of like that term. It kind of means this to me. Then you're at the start of starting to embody it. Then if you're bringing in somebody else into this, because usually you would, you really want to talk to them about what that term daddy means, because it still needs to be consensual. People forget that those words are meaningful to folks. Like I don't allow anybody to just call me daddy either. I have subs who will sometimes try to call me daddy because they see me posting about it on social media and they'll try to use that with me. And I go, no, we're not there yet. (laughs) We're not there yet. That's not our relationship yet. So you really also have to talk to who is going to be using that term with you as well. It's not a one-sided embodiment of daddy. It really isn't. It has to be okay with both parties. Because again, like I said, my sub, if I told him to call me daddy, he'd be like, that's weird. I don't like that, you know? And then that just messes up our whole dynamic. I think it's just a complex space. So I, I can't imagine there to be really simple answers. I think it is a complex space. I think that's why I find myself curious about it. Even though it doesn't work for me personally, it doesn't get me into the erotic space. 
I'm fascinated by it because I do think it's complex. I think where it comes from, how it gets embodied. And I'm interested, like we talk, we're talking a lot about the sort of daddy side of this energy, the dom side of this energy, the top side of the energy. I'm curious about the, the, the sub counterpart for daddy. Who, why, when, what, you know, all the questions. Um, how do they show up? You know, where does it come from? What are some of the experiences that you've had that kind of can give us an idea of the, the counterpart archetype? Before I speak of that, you know, I was just thinking that's kind of interesting. Daddy is a word that represents a lot, right? Just as much as mommy or anything else. However, it's just, it also is just a word, meaning, when you are playing and finding your kind of erotic energy and sexual energy and what turns you on and what doesn't turn you on, right? Words, for some people, they like words. For other people, they don't. So if you just hear the word and there's some mental and physical tingling sensation that comes over you, then you might be into it a little just as much as if you see something and you're like watching something and there's an image of something that comes on where you're like, Oh, that's kind of hot. You might be kind of into that. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you like look at, if you're watching a movie and some woman comes in with like thigh high stockings and lingerie, or, you know, even, you know, a dominatrix looks, or there are so many things people fetishize then you most probably are kind of into that. You may not know fully, but if there is some sort of reaction that's happening in your mind and in your body, in your physical body, then you most probably are into it. So if you hear someone use the term daddy and there, it peaks something for you, then you might want to explore that and play with that because I think that's something you might be into. So for bottoms or subs, you know, whatever you identify as for those who are into the daddy, the erotic daddy role play or terminology, it's because they find that term hot, right? They hear the the term daddy and they're like, yeah, like that feels hot to me. Well, some people hear that and they're like, eh, just like when my sub yelled out, Oh, daddy, after whipping him, I was like, yeah, that's hot. <laughs> you know, And like, I didn't even have time to think about what mm-hmm. it meant to me. <laughs> I had no time to think about what it meant to me. If it had any, it was literally a, a full body experience of like, yeah, I like that. I like that you yelled that out. I like that you're using that. And all of a sudden I became mm-hmm. daddy Lucy in that moment. And forever after that, I became daddy Lucy to this sub and he became shine girl or baby shine girl, shine baby girl, like variations. We kind of play with it. And so we have a full gender fuckery. Mm -hmm. It's a mix of gender fuckery, you know, familiar fuckery. Like we're just like, mixing it all up because I'm much younger than him. I am a cis female. So we're just playing and mixing it all up. And he's not shine girl to everyone because he also calls someone, he he actually just likes the perversion of family figures. (laughs) So my, one of my mentees is cousin 
cousin Lily and he has an auntie and he has a mama and he has, he has a doctor. So it's just play. It's playing with words and seeing what's hot for you. And as you try them, is it, does it work for you? So on the bottom side, it can be variation. You could be, it doesn't matter what your gender is. You know, you can identify as baby girl. You can identify as baby boy. You can identify as just baby. You can, you don't even have to identify as baby to still have a daddy or a mama. You know, you can just be you and I'm just daddy. Or you could just purely be, you know, my female sub. She's, you know, she's just good girl and I'm daddy. And she's just a good girl being a good girl for daddy. That's all it is. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's super, 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 super interesting. And I love how you're talking about it in a way that feels accessible, right? You're kind of saying, look, just try it out. It's not a big deal. Like, it sounds like a big deal, but it's not. Like, try it out, see how it feels, see how it feels for you on the, the dom side. You know, you know, try it out with, you know, a partner, see how it feels like on the sub side. And that your take on it is, like, both sort of fun and light and playful and insightful and nerdy at the same time. So it just like sounds so accessible when you talk about it. It is. It's just, <laughs> well, BDSM and kink is quite accessible. People are just, you know, they get, they get stuck on the pain aspect, but it really doesn't have to include pain. You know, BDSM is not about pain more than anything. It's about power and giving up power sometimes and control, but BDSM is actually, and kink, it's quite silly. <laughs> um, most of my scenes, you know, I've been a professional dominatrix for 11 years. And what, what I get asked a lot is like, you know, how are your sessions? You know, and I think they're expecting to hear like this dark and heavy and, you know, intense and mean situation. But if you like actually was a fly in the wall. There's so much laughter and ridiculousness mm -hmm. and like random role plays that go into the most ridiculous like <laughs> scenarios. You know, I've been a Bond villain. I've been a yeah. TSA agent. I've been a <laughs> You know, like, you know, all kinds of things, you know, it's made to be fun. It's, it's just made to be sexy and fun and not very serious. Yes. Is there some serious moments? Yes, you can do that. But for the most part, it's about just having fun. It's about mm -hmm. playing and tapping into like your sexual curiosity, you know, that I think we've lost as we've gotten older because of like, the messages in our society. It's just about being curious about your body and mm -hmm. being curious about your interest and doing that with other people where it shouldn't be filled with shame. You know, I really do a lot of reflection on like my childhood and me now, because there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of similarities in the sense that like, The days of being able to just be on the playground, have fun, not have a care in the world, make up games, not feel judged for whatever weird game you made up, people playing these little roles and just like, and sometimes, you know, a kid would get hurt, right? Sometimes you run around and then scrape your leg and then keep going and 
all of those things. And it was just like being curious and creative and connecting. And that's exactly what I do as a dom. I want to create curiosity and connection and Mm. just fun. And like, Mm. Daddy should be something that you have fun with. It doesn't have to be so serious. So I always want people to like, you know, play with their gender identities, play with their labels, see how it goes. Be a top, be a bottom, be a daddy, be a mommy, be a cousin, be a whatever and see and be okay. Like, you know, like what is one of the most popular porn categories? Like stepbrother, stepmother, Mm -hmm. like obviously we're into these things. So let's not like (laughs) pretend we're not Mm -hmm. because those are like one of the top, like five categories that people search for. So there is something there. So instead of being afraid of it, like enjoy it because it's all, you know, as long as you have consenting adults, then what's the problem? <laughs> here, here is, is all I have to say to that. Here, yeah, here. beautifully said. Beautifully said. Yeah. And, and I was actually going to ask you the question and you started to touch on it is around some of the surprises and myths that you've uncovered in your work and your research. And I think you started to talk about that, that I think that we think about dungeon spaces and it feels very dark and serious. And I love that you're saying, and we're just playing and we're being silly and we're laughing and any other kind of things, that, any myths that you want to dispel about, <laughs> about daddy, any surprises again, kind of in your experience? First off, way more people love to use the term daddy than they will admit. Like I get people who are always like, cause they know that I have it on my social media. And so some people will like straight out and reach out to me and be like, daddy, I would love to schedule. And I'm just like, we don't even know each other. Why are you using that term with me? And I'm just like, and it's because they're into it because they're not calling me, you know, like it's, you could have easily used the term most people know me by, which is mistress Lucy Sweetkill, but you made a choice, which tells me a bit about your fantasies and your kinks. Mm -hmm. And so like way more people are into this than anyone wants to admit. I think that's a big thing that people forget about. They, you know, they talk about, they're like, Oh, that's weird. And I'm like, "Mm, no, it's not. I know most of you are like saying this in your like personal (laughs) lives at some point. (laughs) I talk to my friends, my vanilla friends, and they're just like, Oh yeah, you know, she called me daddy. And I was like, Oh, in bed. So what's, you know, how did you feel? About Not that? so vanilla yeah. after all. <laughs> but I think also the misconceptions in my line of work, um, and especially about kink and BDSM is that first that it has to always involve pain. It really doesn't. Pain is just a small part of it. So those who are afraid or thinking like, oh, well, it's going to be whips and chains and I'm going to be like, you know, a leather paddle or, you know, like it doesn't have to involve all of it. Yes. Is that the fun part for me? Yes. But it doesn't have to. It's really psychological more than anything. And it's more about just exploring your your fantasies and your kinks and um, allowing someone to uh, be your guide and guide you through that. I try not to use the term dungeon when I refer to my play space because I know that people, you hear dungeon and you're just like, 
uh-oh. And mm-hmm. I like the term play space better because that's really what it is. It's a totally. place of play, even if it includes pain. And most storms are so much nicer than people think. You know, I get that all the time. They're like, very nice. And I'm like, most doms are actually really nice. I find that most doms tend to be very level-headed because you have to, you have a lot of power and you have a lot of control and you have to wield that in a positive way. It comes with a lot of responsibility. So uh, I find most doms to be much, you know, at least pro-doms to be very like, sweet, nice, communicative, uh, because those are all the skills we have to have in our line of work. Yeah, no, I've definitely noticed that. We spoke to Michela last episode. We've definitely hosted people, especially professionals, and that is definitely a thread that we've we've observed as well. Everyone's like super nice, super accessible, super light, you know, like is willing to, you know, talk about things in such a, like, you know, accessible, fun, bubbly kind of way. So you're like, oh, it, I think it also changes. It also challenges and changes the myths around sex workers and professionals within that field as well. I think there's also, I mean, that's what we explored in the last episode. That there is all these misconceptions about people who do this work. Um, and then the more we, you know, host people like you, I think it's also bringing to our audience like oh actually it's not what you think people who do this professionally are are you know brilliant they're good at their job they know what they you know have an enormous amount of wisdom they want to play you know they want to bring you along they want to have fun with you it's not just like a a a you know transaction they actually want to like play with you as well and have fun and and really enjoy that experience as well and they're doing it from a place of wisdom and knowledge and care um so i think that's really important as well and this conversation just for me is reinforcing that as well we have one question from our followers that i would love to pass on to you before we jump into the quick fire question cool so uh, the question that we got on instagram is what does power exchange mean to you wow that's a really big question Big what? question, right? The whole other episode, we'll have you back. We're just that <laughs> What does power exchange mean to me? In the simplest way, it's actually quite straightforward. It's an exchange of power. It is a choice for one party or one individual to give up control and power to another who's willing to accept that and use it. So that's the simplest way. In the more complex, nuanced idea of power exchange, for me, that's a big reason why I love kink and BDSM and why I've stayed in this career for so long. That really is my kink, actually, is uh, power exchange and power dynamics. I get an immense erotic, you know, thrill and charge. Um, It is my motivator in all of this beyond just being like a total pervert, but a motivator is the power aspect. And, and I think for me, it's, I think it's such a combination of things. I think on a personal level is I grew up with no power at all. I grew up very poor. I grew up in a immigrant family 
you know, my parents came here from the Vietnam War. Um, you know, they didn't speak much English. Uh, then my mother was a single mother um, of two kids. And so there was a lot of like, you know, and there's a lot of trauma and abuse in my background. And so I grew up with just not feeling like I had power or control of anything in my life. Moved around like a million times. So I think my fascination and why I've come to eroticize power is because of my lack of power in most of my life and being an adult and being able to have power was very healing, but also being given power has been very healing. So my engagement in kink and BDSM and especially my subs giving me power to do what I want to do, of course, within limitation context, like consenting to say, hey, I'm giving you my power and I trust you to do what you want to do with it, not only healed me around not having power, but it also healed my relationship with men specifically. And it showed me that like there are men specifically out there who are not here to just use their power to take that there are those who understand that they do have power, but they want to give it and they want to let go and they want to submit to it. And that is something immensely beautiful and healing, especially for women of all types who have, who most likely have experienced some form of trauma at the hands of men. So that for me is also what power exchange means is someone who is used to having power in just day-to-day world and giving it to someone who is not used to having that power. That is more meaningful to me than someone who is not used to having power and giving up that power, you know, but they're also allowed to have that too. Like for those who are not used to having power, who then choose to submit, like, I, I don't think like, I think the mindset for them is a little different. I don't know if it's about giving up power, but I think it's about being embracing the fact that they don't have power in a safe space with someone who cares for them compared to the world that doesn't. So I think that looks a little different, but I'm specifically talking about the exchange that happens for those who have power, giving it to someone who usually doesn't have power. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that. That's, that's incredibly insightful. And your level of self-awareness that you're talking about this and, and how it expands into like sort of your own space to then to the macro space of like our power dynamics in our, in our society, um, gender roles. That was great. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I love the the balance between us. We were just talking about how light it is and playful and that the roots of it are deep, particularly around being, mm-hmm. you know, a person of color and being a woman and and having to live and navigate through a space that is so rooted in power dynamics that if we can create spaces mm-hmm. for ourselves 
where we can exchange that power and do it in a way that feels safe and do it in a way that's playful. I think that that it, it mm-hmm. helps to uncover more and more why you know, why scenes and why working with a professional or why doing this within, you know, partnership or play, like creating spaces wherever possible to be able to dig into Mm -hmm. this joy, to begin to dig into these depth, to begin to Mm -hmm. dig into all of the things that feel complicated and and messy. I love Mm -hmm. that you are not only giving us permission to do that, but also illustrating the power and, and, and play of it. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm wondering if you will allow us to indulge you in four questions so that you shared, you shared a lot about yourself. I'm hoping that we can find out just a little bit more with four rapid fire questions. Cool. Yeah. So the first is what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self about love, sex, or relationships? Follow your gut. I think for females, specifically women, specifically, we, we put our gut, you know, feeling our intuition, our gut, we put it to a side, we question it because we're told to, we get pressured, right? Just like really follow your gut, just completely believe in yourself in that sense. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Here, here. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great advice at any age. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what is one romantic or sexual adventure on your bucket list? Well, I wonder if my partner is going to giggle at this, but I'm always trying to get him to explore his sort of like homoerotic side, even though he doesn't identify that way. And he, he's not very sexually fluid, but I'm always trying to push him to be a little more sexually fluid and have like two beautiful <laughs> fit men, him and another man, just worship me. Not the, So I am, this might be surprising for people, but I do talk about it. I'm on the asexuality spectrum. Um, that's how I personally identify. And so there's a lot of misconceptions around asexuality. I'm very kink focused, kink focus, power focus. But when it comes to maybe traditional heterosexual sexual interactions, I am not orgasm focused and I am not penetrative focused. And I personally identify being on the asexuality spectrum. So when I talk about the sexual fantasies I have, you know, having my male partner and another male partner worship me, it's more about just the the mental and the physical worship compared to like trying to like penetrate me or orgasm. I'm not talking about a three-way in that way. That has no interest for me. (laughs) I'm not interested in that type of three way. I am interested in in being carried around by these two men and showered and bathed and lotioned and pampered and kissed all over my body and just them doing exactly what I want them to do. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very much like goddess energy. Yeah, like goddess energy, like worshiping. I love it. I love it. It's, it's hot just listening. <laughs> and I appreciate you naming that you are on the sexuality spectrum. We had a conversation with Angela Chang about her book Ace. And part of that conversation was about debunking things and looking at all the myths around asexuality. And so I don't think that it would be commonly thought that someone could be asexual and be a dom and be engaged in, in, you know, in in loving sexual relationship. And you're like, yes, I am. And this is what it looks like. And so I think it's just important to name that for folks who are feeling some sort of way in their feelings based on what they think they're expected to do and how they're expected to show up. And so Mm -hmm. again, permission and inspiration to do it differently. I love it. This question feels incredibly self-evident, but I'm going to ask you anyway, Miss Lucy, how do you challenge the status quo? In all honesty, I think I do it by being very public. I do have the privilege of being very public with who I am as like a pro-dom, as a BDSM educator, as a woman who, you know, works in the sex industry because I have such an amazing support network. My, you know, my family is super supportive. My family is amazing, super supportive. My friends are just like amazingly supportive. My partner who I never thought like, that's a whole other episode of dating and being a sex worker. (laughs) Um, but you know, I never thought I would actually meet a partner because I had so many bad experiences that would accept what I did not, you know, as a pro dom and my partner of four years is like my biggest cheerleader and he's not even kink identified. He's quite vanilla to be honest. Like he's so open-minded, but he's not, you know, I call him kink light. He's really vanilla plus, but I give him kink light, (laughs) but he's so supportive. He's my number one cheerleader in what I do in in everything. And like, it's so possible. And for me, I think that's how I challenge the status quo is by like being able to be out there and be proud and out there. I know a lot of people can't, so I don't expect everyone to be out there. And so I choose to be out there because I can, but also like showing people that you can have all these other things only because you're a sex worker or a pro dom or whatever, or only because you have these kinks and fetishes doesn't mean you can't have love and partnerships and friendships and family and support. It's all possible. Here, here. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, after speaking to Miss Shayla at a previous, I think it was, uh, we had a conversation on Instagram. I wrote a blog piece really based on the information that I got from her. So full credit to her about how to be a good partner to a sex worker. And to this day, it is the number one blog piece that gets read on the Curious Fox website. That's it awesome. is like, it ranks number one on Facebook, on um, on Google. We look at our numbers and it is like by far, I don't mean like a little bit, but by far the most popular piece that we put out there. So um, it's a minefield. And if, if listeners, if you're, if you're dating a sex worker, um, read that blog, get your act together, be a good partner. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so... Last but not least, as always, what are you curious about lately? One of my, I feel like I'm a, I'm a curious person in general. Like my, mm-hmm. I think that's what makes me really good at my job. My partner says this all the time. He's just like, your curiosity is crazy. You want to know, like 
to the simplest things from like watching a show being like, why do I know her? And then looking her up, looking at her Wikipedia, going onto her social media. I was like, Oh, do you know she's dating? Blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, why do you need to know any of this? Or like, do you know this movie is based on this thing? And then I apply that into like my like exploration of sex and sexuality. Like I am always curious about people's kinks and their fantasies and where do they think it came from and, you know, and how do they want to explore it and where we can go from it. I, I'm just like, I think curiosity is one of the best things you can have in just life in general. I want to, you know, I've, you know, traveled all over the world and continue. I want to explore cultures and people. I just want to know everything Mm-hmm. as much as possible. So it's hard for me to answer just one thing because I just want all the things. Like I'm always like, well, how does this work? And I'm just curious. I just want to know all of it. <laughs> and now I want to put a fig in someone's butt, to be honest. <laughs> I will say that. I do like putting things in people's butts. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yes. Why not? I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. That's the whole... We're going to speak, we're speaking yeah, a little bit about pegging soon. So yes. Transition. She loves yes. things in people's butts. I love things yes. in people's butts. Yes. <laughs> and we are going to explore <laughs> things in butts for sure. Lucy, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, what you know about daddy and breaking it down for us. And um, it's been so enlightening for me. Um, It's like, like we said at the beginning, it's been such a hot topic for me for such a long time. It's been like a real curiosity and I feel like um, you've shed, you've shed light. Um, now I'm gonna, you know, it's still there. I'm gonna, now I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll go there and, and find, you know, find, find something interesting. So I appreciate it. Maybe that. you're Thank more you. of a mommy or maybe you need a mommy. <laughs> maybe you That's need one of those instead of a do. daddy. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to know about mommy. It's actually in my notes to ask you about mommy. I know, we're gonna have to do another episode about mommy now. We're gonna have to do a whole other episode on mommy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you for having me. We did it finally. We did an episode on daddy. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Properly, like. does that side of your brain feel calm now yes or now are there more questions are you like but now about mommy (laughs) (laughs) totally i mean i i'm always gonna have more questions but what i feel is like there's a part of my brain that is satisfied because i got answers and i also spoke to somebody who embodies daddy and also like even subverts the idea of daddy which is which is already subversive right so i Mm -hmm. feel like my that part of my brain is really satisfied you know i'm like Mm -hmm. oh yeah and she's so knowledgeable and like i said in the interview like she's so accessible and she's so light and so Mm -hmm. i feel like i i do have a better understanding of daddy now i understand why people go there and i also got to know her better and how she goes about it and i love that she's a you know cis female pro-dom that is embodying daddy like that is also like that's on the asexual spectrum and embodied daddy exactly that like Mm -hmm. totally titillates my brain (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. i'm like oh what an Mm -hmm. interesting person um Uh so i feel i feel great i feel great that was like that felt really good and i would say like my (laughs) 
I think you got more joy and satisfaction from that than when your partners were like asking you to use the word daddy in sex. Like totally. you, you, seem, you seem more chill now. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think that was, you know, my, my main takeaway from this is that how it's a gender neutral term mm-hmm. that it's not really about gender, but it's more about energy. And it's, yeah. you know, it's not literal, it's energetic. And it, it's a, an embodiment of various archetypes that, are you know in our in our world in our literature been around for a long time so I thought that was my biggest takeaway and the fact that she was you know she was talking about daddy in this kind of way and how she embodies it I'm like oh like that makes more sense to me um, that was my big takeaway and the mm-hmm. other piece was almost on the other side of it is when she talked about it just being a word and I can see both parts of or both sides of that that. I find like the energy that people talk about, like the energy that you talk about and and you play with and the way that she talks about it, I'm attracted to the energy. I think it's the word. And I think Mm -hmm. it's because I'm a wordy kind of person, like words mean Mm -hmm. a lot to me. And I think I, I get stuck on the word because the energy that, that you're all talking about I'm like yeah that's great like I want to go there I want to play that that is and I have played in those spaces I just haven't mm-hmm. I just didn't use the word daddy and I get stuck on the I get stuck on the word and it just throws me into a, into the confusion yeah. that I mentioned at the same yeah. time I also heard her when she said look it's just a word like don't get hung up on mm-hmm. it so much it's just a part of play it doesn't have to mean so much just like mm-hmm. get into the space and enjoy it and like you know, don't get so hung up on the word. It's just a word. It doesn't have to be more complicated yeah. than that. And I heard yeah. her on that too. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's probably what made me shift. I'm like, oh, maybe like mm-hmm. next time it comes up and I'm with a part, I don't particularly think I'm going to seek it, but if it comes up in a, in, in a mm-hmm. scene, I now have the inspiration and permission to be like, you know what? It's just a word. Like it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. stay, stay in, you know, stay in the scene and enjoy it and see what happens. So yeah. those are really like my, mm-hmm. my like big takeaways. Or even, or create a new word. Just be like, you know, now Jeffrey is the word or Kiwi or <laughs> right. just be like, yes, right. strawberry. Like just find, <laughs> find yeah. the word that embodies that energy for you. Just, yeah. you know, challenge the status quo. We are using daddy doesn't exactly. mean you need to. Oh, Teddy. Teddy's a good one. Like a teddy, teddy. bear. Teddy. Yes. Oh, hey, teddy. oh hello. Oh, look at this. <laughs> look at this. Oh, yeah. A teddy was just born. I love yeah. it. I love it very much. <laughs> now I just need a play button. I apply with I it. <laughs> <laughs> Our DMs are like, bing, 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 bing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think what I loved about the conversation was. I love whenever on our podcast, we take something that we're like, oh yeah, we're doing that thing. And I'm like, wait, why are we doing that thing? What does that mean? What does it look like? And like start unpacking it. So even the conversation with Miss Shayla, when she was talking about water sports and the different reasons why people may be drawn to it, because it could be about worshiping. It could be about being humiliated. It could be about, I was like, oh yeah, there are reasons why we do things. <laughs> and so Mistress Lucy referenced Sunny Megatron and her article. And if you go to the website, sunnymegatron.com. She has an article on the seven fundamental characters of Daddy Dominant. And Mistress Lucy referenced that about being, you know, someone's fan, being confidant, being protector, a teacher, Mm. a guide, an anchor, disciplinarian, like all of those different characteristics that are explored. Mm. And I thought that was fascinating Mm -hmm. because I could see people either 
owning some of those or picking and choosing some, but really to your point saying, this is the energy. This is the big dick, big strap on, big daddy energy that I want to bring to a space or that I want to receive and I want to let go and be taken care of and and punished accordingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. I'm so glad we got this off. At least my chest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, super interesting. Yeah. Super interesting. If you want to find more about Mistress Lucy Sweetkill, you can find her on Instagram at lucy.sweetkill and on Twitter at Lucy Sweetkill. Or you can also connect with her on Night Flirt and OnlyFans by going to her website, lucysweetkill.com slash directory. And while you are on websites and online, you know what I'm going to say, go to ours particularly if you're interested in that article that Effie referenced that she did as a result of having conversation with Miss Shayla about how to be a great partner to a sex worker. It is our most popular blog post by far. If you want to go know why, then you need to go to our website and find out. And while you're there, you're going to be able to click on links that'll take you to our Instagram and our Facebook at We Are Curious Foxes. And that We Are Curious Foxes will also be your guide and your entry through the door of Patreon, where not only are you going to find some behind the scenes footage, including some little snippets of conversation that we just had with Mistress Lucy that we did not put in the podcast, but that will live on Patreon. You can go find it there as well as many episodes and over 50 videos from educator-led workshops that we have done over the years. That will help us not only give you more information, but you'll be able to support us and this work in that way. And you can also support us by subscribing on Apple or following us on Spotify and Stitcher. And while you're there, share this with someone else, do a rating, add a comment, all of those things. Let us know that you are listening. And if you want to be heard, then you have a few ways to do that as well. You can email us or send us a voice memo at listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com, or you can record a question for the show by calling 201-870-0063. This episode is produced and edited by Nina Pollock, who brings her warm, caretaking energy to every episode. Our intro music is composed by Dave Saha. We are so grateful for their work. And we're grateful to you for listening. As always, stay curious, friends. Curious Fox podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind. And we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious.